The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself, away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and, spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. His speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. There is a marvelous immediacy about the readings, the scriptures that are proclaimed when we celebrate Mass. An immediacy that comes from the fact that despite their being written thousands of years ago, quite literally, they have something to say to us now, which is why they are proclaimed. What we do not do in church is reminisce. Rather, we listen because the Lord has something to say. And there is a particularly curious note of immediacy about today's readings because they speak, although at first glance what I say might be puzzling, they speak directly about what every single one of us is doing here today at the Shrine of Our Lady of the Island. In fact, these readings speak of the very essence of what it is to pray at a shrine. Just take a minute and look around. And while we have a rope line, what we don't have are walls. And we gather today quite literally in a church without walls. And that's different. I mean, you can go home and talk about how windy it was at Mass and your, people who are in, your friends who are indoors today won't know what you're talking about. But in addition to the feel of the wind and the open air, we have this note of what Jesus was doing in that Gospel reading. St. Mark is not simply giving us directions. He's not telling us the street address where Jesus was preaching. When he mentions those mysterious cities, we're ta he's talking about how Jesus crossed up to the border with the pagan, unbelieving world around him. And he traveled along that border between belief and unbelief, between those who are inside and those who are outside. And this reading happens on that border. And that's exactly what a shrine is, my friends. 
On the one hand, it sits here in the heart of the Diocese of Rockville Center. But a shrine is not like a parish. It doesn't have a readily defined congregation. We do have those who come here regularly, and we have many, many more who come here infrequently, and a number of you who perhaps are here for the very first time today. Note how remarkable that is. We are at a place that sits on the border. There are those who come because their faith is strong, and there are those who come because they're not sure what faith is in the first place. But we're here. And note the beautiful touch of the gospel that it's that border that Jesus goes to in this reading. He speaks in the heart of Israel, but he also goes out from time to time to the border, beyond the wall. And so here it is, the Lord who comes to meet us in the border place where we have found ourselves today. And now note where we are, quite literally, at the foot of this giant rock with the statue of Our Lady on it. And note that as we come seeking Our Lady, who we meet? Jesus, presented by her, right here in this place, and note that he is facing you, that he is presenting himself to you. Yes, it's a statue and it's not alive, but it says something. Here is where the Lord presents himself to us in this place without walls, on the border between belief and unbelief, on the border that is different than the borders of our parishes. Here the Lord is, and it's wonderful to be able to say that just like in the gospel, we have a crowd. And the very essence of a crowd is that we don't know each other very well. But we're all here at the same time together. And note, Jesus, when he went out to the border beyond the wall, outside of the heart of Israel, a crowd was waiting for him. And a crowd found him there, or better, he found that crowd and drew them to himself. Just like on the one hand we can say we found him here, but really no, he brought us here. He found us, and he finds us here today. And so you might have come to the shrine for whatever reason, but the reality is somebody else comes to the shrine very, very regularly, and that's the Lord. It's not just that you come for him, He's always on the way to you. You make your pilgrimage in coming here, but Scripture reminds us somebody else travels too. Jesus who comes down out of heaven to be with us. Jesus who walked the length and breadth of Israel to be, to find, to seek. Jesus who goes to the border to meet those who are on the border on the fence. How beautiful that is. And many of you, when you came here today, you came because you had someone to pray for. 
You come because you've got something going on in your life that you know that you need a touch of grace to change. We might not be able to always name it, but there's something that every single one of us is carrying. And so what do we see? The crowd didn't just go to Jesus, they brought somebody to Jesus. I'm not going to raise your hands and call out answers, ask you to raise your hands and call out answers, but who did you bring to Jesus today? Or who are you bringing to Jesus today? And it's okay to say myself, but who, what is that person, that family, that need? Almost exactly a year ago, as we were just beginning to figure out how to reopen here and what it means to be a shrine in the middle of a pandemic, we did something in the Shrine Church after the Masses. We just put a handful of candles out on a table so that people who wanted to light a candle and pray for an intention could do that. But because we couldn't let people linger, we had to kick everybody out then, lock the doors, and then we put the candles in the rack. I lit every candle myself individually, and with a handful of people around me, we said a Hail Mary over every single one of those candles as we lit it. And it was very much that, without even knowing what those intentions were, somebody brought something to Jesus. And part of a shrine is that that's where those needs are lifted. That's where those prayers are said. And it was a remarkably beautiful moment that we figured would always be small. The amazing thing is we now have six racks of candles down in the Shrine Church that are regularly filled. And what that means when you walk in and you feel the heat of those candles, and you do when you come through the front door, and you see the light and the beauty of those candles, that is the faith, the heat of somebody's faith touching you, the light of somebody's faith touching you. It's also the heat of somebody's need crying out to heaven, and the light of the faith, which knows where to look, which is not out in the world, but up to him, held in Mary's arms. And how beautiful is that? It's a remarkable sign of what we heard in our readings, that the poor are rich in faith, should they exercise it. And that light is one of the treasures, the light of those candles is one of the treasures of the shrine. Because it's a sign of that treasure of faith, that wealth of belief. And it is also a constant reminder of the crowd of need that gathers here every single day. And so note the crowd comes and they lift somebody up to Jesus, they bring him to Jesus with the expectation that Jesus can do what the world never could. That Jesus can do something for this one. And note that they bring him something that's pretty impossible to deal with. He's deaf and he can't speak. And just imagine that for a moment, that intractable reality of life. And someone brought 
a person who couldn't hear and couldn't speak to you and say, fix that. When we look at those areas of our lives that just don't work and we say there's no way to fix that. When we look at our families and our society and we say nothing can fix that. They, this is not just we brought somebody to Jesus, oh just say a prayer over him, he's having a rough day. This is an ongoing, a chronic, a lifelong condition. And it is brought to Jesus because that's the kind of condition you guys carry with you every day. Let's be honest. Not everybody who comes here is in crisis. But we all know what chronic wrong is in the world. We know what chronic wrong is in our own lives and the lives of those we care about. This is the kind of thing where who can fix that? And without knowing what Jesus is going to do or how Jesus is going to do it, because they don't need to know that, they bring him. Just like every day here, we still continue to pray for those candle intentions. Every single day. Because the prayers for our visitors is a big part of the essence of our ministry at the shrine. But the same thing, the people who light those candles don't know what's going to happen. They don't know how the Lord will respond or answer to their prayer. But they are certain that he hears it. And that whatever he does is the right thing. And then it happens. Beautifully, what do we see? We see that Jesus takes this man who is brought to him. And his first move is to take him away from everybody, away from the crowd. The person you're praying for here at the shrine today likely isn't even with you. Perhaps he or she is. But very often when we're praying for somebody, it's not a person who's with us. It's a family member who lives elsewhere, a neighbor who is struggling. A parent in full-time nursing care, a son or a daughter away at school. Note, we bring them to Jesus on the one hand, but then Jesus has this move which is just for that person. He takes them away from the crowd. And away from what we can see, he does something for that person. And the other beautiful piece of this is some of you are that person. And this is that place as well. Even though our numbers are many today, where the Lord calls us to come away, away from the crowd, because he has something just for you or just for me. And shrines from the very beginning have always been that place too. It's away from the neighborhood. It's away from the usual. I don't necessarily see everybody I know at the shrine. And I can come away. And even with other people on the property, I can be alone with him. So that he can begin working in me that grace he wants to and needs to work in me. Note how exquisitely beautiful that is. 
how neatly, without forcing the interpretation, it mirrors exactly what it is that is happening here. This is where the treasure of the faith of the poor is found. This is that place on the border where the Lord comes. This is that place where he pulls each and every one of us aside if we let him. And what does he do? Note how beautiful this is. He doesn't just touch the ear. He doesn't just touch the tongue. We see that the Lord looks up toward heaven and groans. Who groans? The wounded groan. And the Lord groans to heaven with the prayer that that wounded man could never say by himself. The Lord groans to heaven and when he does, he gathers all those prayers, whether it's the prayer we hold in our heart or the prayer that gleams in the light of our candles burning in the church. But he gathers all of that and he adds his own groaning to our groaning. This is not just the place we come to pray to Jesus. We come here because this is where Jesus prays with us not just for us, but with us. And it's as he prays with us, and as he gathers our woundedness to lift it up with his heart and his prayer, that things happen in our lives. And we're here today as believers, because on the day of your baptism, something happened especially for those of you who are baptized as infants. On the day you were baptized, after the water was poured over your head and you emerged from it and were anointed as child of God, the priest or the deacon who baptized you made a sign of the cross over your ears just as Jesus touched the ear of this man and made a sign of the cross over your lips just as Jesus touched the lips and the tongue of that man and said that same word, Ephatha, be opened. May your ears be open to hearing the good, the true, the speaking of the Lord. May your tongue be open to the speaking of the good, the right, the praises, of the Lord. Note how beautiful this is. This man's life is opened to hearing the true and the good. His lips are open and given the freedom to speak it and to say it. Yes, he could listen to other things and say other things. But when Jesus touches us, our ears are open first for that. And as often as we come here, as often as we gather here, the Lord will give us that same touch again. Because our ears get closed. Our tongues get numb. But always he is willing to say that prayer with us and for us. Oh, be opened. That that treasure of faith that has been hidden in you come to expression. How glorious and how marvelous 
that regardless of the individual journeys that have brought the many of us together here, this happens for all of us. And in just a minute, in just a minute, that same Jesus Christ who came to the border area is going to be here on this altar. And we who have gathered here, whoever we have carried in our heart will do something else. We will also bring ourselves to him. And we'll stretch out our hands to him who has come to stretch out his hand to us. Even as you receive him in your hand, understand he receives you into himself and into his goodness, and he's going to do it right here. And as you go back to your bench with him in your heart, let him touch you in that way you need to be touched. Let him open your life in that way. Your life needs to be open. And if you sit there and say, but I don't know how to pray, that's okay. Tell him that and say, you're going to have to take the lead here. If you say, I don't have much faith, that's okay. He understands that. And he's just going to say, then just use the little bit you got and I'll handle the rest. How absolutely marvelous that is. And as often as we gather in this place, this holy place, this is the reality of what happens here. So you can also tell your friends, you went out to the borderlands today. It's going to sound very exotic. And there at that border between belief and unbelief, between the inside and the outside, between the present and the forgotten. Jesus was there, and so were we. And because he was there, and we were there, things can be different. Amen.